Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. As I'm hitting record, everybody, I, I said to this woman, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what we're going to talk about and, and how we're going to do this wild-hearted dance. So I'm welcoming a, a stellar, stellar, just in the short moment that I've seen her and feel her energy, a stellar human being, Chris Franco. And she has written another book. Evidently, she, she already wrote a book, which I never saw. So I'm going to look at that book. But this book is called Wild Hearted Purpose, Embrace Your Unique Calling and Unmapped Path of Authenticity. But before we start, Chris, I, I want to read something um, from your book because it caught my attention. It's under, um, it's in chapter one, everybody. It's under purpose grows where meaning flows. And you said, Chris said, it's in our nature as humans to seek happiness and pleasure in our lives. When this is healthy and balanced, these inner states are clear indicators we're connected to our truth. But without meaning, we lose our balance and sense of purpose. As you initiate your vision, meaning will bring depth into the picture as pleasure brings elevation. Now, why did this catch my attention, Chris? I think it's because you talk about being balanced, which I'm constantly working on, but you also talk about um, the meaning brings us into our truth. So um, I've just kind of, we just kind of dove in, didn't we? We're just like diving. So, so why wild hearted purpose for those, those people that don't really know you? Hi, and thank you. I love the deep dive straight away. Thank you for having me on your beautiful podcast. I love your podcast. The Wild Hearted Purpose came to me um, as, a, as a term. The term Wild Hearted came to me years ago. I noticed someone was writing something and they used the term Wild Hearted. And it just, it you know, sometimes you see something and it glows right at you. And I saw this word and it was glowing at me and it just spoke to me so much. I mean, it's wild it's it's free it's untethered it's connected to the heart it's it's from love it's just it's everything to me it's everything about what i do as a writer and a mentor and everything else that i do even as a mom and a friend i am wild-hearted that is the best word to describe me so when i started to mentor people for their sole purpose i was finding that actually teaching people to go into their own wilderness and to really look within at everything that's messy and dark and unknown and crazy and wild. And it, it's, it's them and it's all them. And the more that they can discover the wild in them, the more that they can discover, wait, what is my unique purpose? Not what have I been told I'm here to do, but what is it that's really trying to sing out from my heart as messy as it is to, to share with me while I'm here? I love that description because um, it, it, in just you talking about that, I can feel permission, 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 which I 
kind of never allowed myself permission to be wild or messy. I, it wasn't, uh, it's not that it wasn't allowed in my household, but I, I never gave myself permission, permission to do that. I, I, I understand now why, but so I love this whole idea of being messy and being wild. And, and in your book, you talk about, uh, there's a section where you talk about rewilding where that you went through something like that, where you had to rewild yourself. So maybe that speaks to what I got going on. I don't know. Rewilding is something that I happens to people like when it, happened to me I moved up to Byron Bay from Sydney four years ago thinking that I was making such a huge change but I landed in the suburbs of Byron Bay surrounded by neighbors everything was really good and beautiful and I lived by the beach and then I don't know why that the wild called me like the the actual wild the forest and we ended up buying 40 acres of rainforest a year ago and moving out here so the rewilding that happened and is still happening and will always happen for the rest of my days is so powerful and it's so challenging and it's an initiation and it's the most beautiful way that I know to live is is pulling out weeds and is planting my own flowers and it's talking to the vegetables and getting to know why you're not growing and 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 thanking the ones that are growing so abundantly it's dealing with ginormous goannas <clears throat> who are really freaky and humongous snakes who I actually really love. And it's, it's, it's finding that balance. Like you say, balance, balance is so important. So when we bring meaning into our lives, you know, we, we often think, oh, that's really serious. I have to, I have to look at, oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like how do I bring meaning? How do I make this like meaning feels so masculine and so, deep and profound but actually meaning can be found through play and when play is balanced like i say in the book so you can play all you want but if the play is taking you away from what you're here to do if the play is just a distraction then it's not balanced but when it is in balance with your service and with the rest of your life and what you're here to do and give and love then what meaning does is it weaves a tighter and a tighter web and it really holds you and you wake up in the morning and you think, what can I do today that really brings me meaning? Um, you know, maybe I'll get a massage and then I'll do some gardening and then I've got a few clients in the afternoon. And to me, that's a really deeply meaningful day. There's there's giving, there's receiving, there's there's play and there's work, which isn't really work to me. But you know, there is a lot of effort to be done, especially when you are when you live in the wild, when you live on the land. So I find the balance is is always tricky. I think it always will be tricky for me. Um, but also the book was actually written as a permission slip to everyone to just do exactly what your heart wants to do. That's that's exactly why I wrote that. I remember Liz Gilbert saying years ago, here's your permission slip. <laughs> just here it is. Go ahead, take it. What do you need it for? And I thought, well, if I can add that kind of intention to my book and if people receive that and go, cool, okay, I'm going to do it, then that's my job done. <laughs> well, I love I love the um, metaphors that you use in the book. And and now it makes sense with with that you're living on the land and you're gardening and all of that stuff. And, and um, as you were just talking, Chris, it felt like uh, uh, that meaning is is like a basket 
because you, you use the word weaving. And so I, I often like to see things in contain, you know, to hold myself in a container and expand that container. And so meaning gives us the opportunity, like you just said, to to hold our life and then and then have and then activate the purpose of our life. Okay. So let's talk about that unique calling and purpose and all that stuff that that you talk about in your book. Okay. Purpose. Yeah. Purpose to me is really um, unique. We all have this unique purpose that we actually, I believe anyway, signed up for before we were born. I believe that we kind of, uh, I use the term weaving a lot, don't I? We, it's, it's like we have this soul blueprint, which is just a weaving of light. And in that weaving of light is all the relationships that we're destined to have, the people we're destined to meet, the purpose that we're destined to fulfill. And we bring through gifts from our soul, from previous lives, from future lives, from um, the multidimensional aspect of who we are. We bring all of that in in this weaving of light. And then we develop talents through our lives. There's no, there's no accident that when we were a kid, we were excellent at dot paintings. We were excellent at dressing our dolls. We were excellent at, we just really loved and got into digging in the sand. That, that none of these are accidents. They point to who we are. And so what I like to do with my clients when we go and we dig a little deeper into what their purpose is, we explore their childhood just in a really light way. And we look at everything that they were doing and often something will come up and they'll say, yeah, I didn't do that anymore because of this. Yep. And sometimes it's really obvious. An art teacher told me I couldn't draw. And sometimes that's just, yeah, it's black and white. And for other people, it's quite subliminal. They can look back and see, oh yeah, well, my parents were never really into <clears throat> like me having dolls, like a guy having dolls or a girl having drugs, you know? It just wasn't really accepted and so it just kind of went by the wayside or whatever that is and when we look back and we say okay so what was it about that that gave you so much joy and so much meaning and purpose even though it just looked like a kid playing how can you bring that back now and it's very rarely is it literal you know you right it, right Sometimes it is uh, a matter of, okay, how can you draw again? And what would you like to draw? And how would you like to draw? And what would light you up? And do you need a teacher? Or do you just want to go crazy and just draw for yourself? And not ever think that you need to make money from it. You just pursue this in a way that lights you up. But then there are other things that aren't so obvious that we can bring back from our childhood and weave them into our day-to-day. So maybe digging in the sand was more of a textural thing. Maybe we just really needed, that was helping us with our childhood. It was grounding us in. So what do we need now? Do we need to walk on the beach? Do we need bare feet on the earth? What is the kind of texture that our body craves? Because we all love exploring the earth with our five senses. And so how does that look to you individually? And how does that light you up? And that doesn't sound at all to the logical mind like it's purposeful. But what it does is it really the senses really bring in a lot of information to our heart and to our intuition, to our subconscious, and that really holds us and that really speaks to us and it heals us and it heals mm. aspects of us from our childhood and our adolescence and our young adulthood time. It heals these aspects of us so that we can actually feel more free, more seen, more validated and valued as who we are. So from there, it's amazing how life changes. If you said, okay, I'm going to go have a beach walk every morning 
then the day job that you didn't love so much, it kind of loses its edges a little. And when it loses its edges and it loses its charge, then it's easier for you to either love the job or find one that you love. So there's such, so purpose is your whole life. Your calling is your whole life. It's everything you do that feels good and feels like you and feels like your authentic self. It is a full, it's a full expression and it's all grounded in love and purpose. Although I talk about a lot of doing things, purpose is actually who you are. And when you find that peace within yourself and that's who you are around your family and your community, your loved ones, your clients, when you show up as authentic you and who you are, then you are living on purpose. Yes. I love that. I love that you just said all of that, Chris. You know, and it's so funny that I'm talking to you now because I'm going through another, uh, you know, looking at myself thing. And uh, I choose to be fully me. That was, that's been my mantra at, for 15, 20 years. And it's been a journey to, you know, re to find my actual voice, not the voice of my mother or someone, else, a teacher or my ex-husband, you know, and, uh, and then in my family of origin, you know, I keep trying to, I feel like I'm being fully me, but I'm so out of the box for my family of origin that they're like, oh, oh, okay. I didn't understand anything you just said. I'm like, you don't get it. <laughs> You don't understand what I just said. So I found, I did find myself, and I know there's a lot, I'm bringing this up because I know there's lots of people that have gone through that where, where they, they get, they get all excited about really understanding the truth of their being. And, uh, and if you're like me, you'll want to share it with a bunch of your friends. And man, when I first that, I was in my twenties, I lost friends right and left because I was talking about stuff that. You know, I was talking about out-of-body experiences and how cool is that, you know, and they're, and, and my really good friends are looking at me like, okay, I don't, I, maybe she's doing drugs. I don't know what she's talking about. So becoming fully you and expressing yourself on purpose authentically can be very challenging for people. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to figure out uh, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. If I may, I just want to go back a step to speak to the people who don't know who they are, because I think for some people, they find it really hard to find out who they are. Like, what am I expressing? What even is my truth? My, um, my favorite way to do that, and I still do this continuously because I am always evolving. We're always evolving. What I love to do is I love to get a piece of paper out and write down everything that I love and everything that I don't love. And sometimes I go, oh, yeah. I don't love doing the thing anymore. So why am I thinking of it? Why am I leaking energy thinking I should, shouldn't be doing this because I used to do it or because someone told me I was good at it? That's really nice. Someone told me I was good at it. <clears throat> Often that's a key indicator that, that that's a really good gift or talent of mine, but I don't like doing it anymore. It doesn't resonate. So I'm going to let that go. So what am I, what am I loving? What am I letting go? What am I not liking? Maybe you can write a list about, um, you know, the people who make you feel like you could literally say anything and they would be like, cool, I hear you. They might not agree, but cool. That's really cool. Yep. Good on you for working that out and finding that out. And so then you get to, then you get to realize, okay, who am I safe with? So that when you do start to get these little buds popping up and going, 
like I'm fully into past lives. I'm fully into, I really want to have an out-of-body experience. I want to start lucid dreaming or I want to become like some kind of shamanic healer or priestess in some kind of lineage or whatever it is. Then you can say to someone that or anything and they'll go, cool, I'm here to support you. And maybe you don't have that person right now, but please know that there are people who will be there for you should your close friendships fall away. So, and I think what you spoke to just then is something that I've been through as well. I have family members who don't speak to me anymore. I have lost so many friends in my life because of my choices, because I moved to Byron Bay, number one. And then even living here, um, I'm losing touch with more people from Sydney, losing touch with even people around here because I get really focused on something and I really think, you know what, my truth matters more than keeping friendships that don't align with who I am. And I don't mean that in a really selfish way, like, oh, well, I'm going to do this and I don't even care who, who wants to listen to me. I don't even care. I do care. I really do. And I have friends that are really close to me who I could literally tell anything to, but it hasn't always been this way. I'm 46 this year and this is kind of like the first time that I have like a soul family around me who was so tight and so intimate with me, which is really scary at first because we have people who live with us on this land. We, we garden together. We, we, we reap what we sow together, but we also have, you know, really difficult conversations and we have really incredibly beautiful conversations. So living intimately with people like that is challenging. And it's also the best thing that I've ever done. So when you do start to find your truth and you do want to share it, you, you know, you can choose who you share that with, but you're right. You can, there, there's always a chance that you're going to lose friends, but just know that the more you speak your truth, the more that the people who are meant for you are going to be drawn to that. Exactly. That's exactly, that's what I found. And, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm a little older than you, uh, but that's exactly what I found. Uh, is that a as I begin to remember who I am and speak my truth and honor myself and love myself, then the people that were always misaligned with me and I just didn't realize it, uh, I, it becomes glaring, you know, it becomes very uncomfortable. And I've had to, especially during pandemic, when I took a, I took a lot of time to myself, not you know, I, I did some deep dives and coming out that lockdown where we were, um, it's, I, I don't, I, I, I don't like small conversations, you know, I don't really want to hear the gossip of the people I don't know. I'm, I'm so not interested in these people, you know, I want to talk about juicy, life-changing transmuting things and and become more aware uh, from by having these conversations with people like you chris that that work because because we're curious and there is growth in the curiosity right mm. and you talk okay so in in your book wild-hearted purpose i love um imagery that you use you easily move from this beautiful languaging that is um their analogies their metaphors but it's a beautiful talking about wild flowers and nature and seeding ideas and and you know 
so your languaging goes back and forth in such a way that it, it's this book is very fun to read because the languaging is so beautiful and yet it's it's very um well you talked about being serious i'm a serious person and i take things seriously at least i've been told that um <laughs> but I can then get into whatever you you know you recommend a ritual or um, other things, and then I can I can drop into it because you you uh, because the wording and stuff the way you put stuff together is so luscious that I'm like I it feels I, there was a couple of these when I was reading through some of it I just felt like I kind of laid down on rose petals mm. does that is that too I know that's kind of ooey but I'm going on you. <laughs> but that's how it felt yeah so um so let's talk more you talk about um the way you built this too because you talk about imagining and then being creative creating a, a vision board which um the way you describe it is is better than what i've read and i've done vision boards but then to also then allow yourself to dream again the permission piece um to dream wildly uh things like that so let, why why is it important to have a ritual in when when we're moving through each of these aspects yeah uh, that's really lovely thank you for that feedback that means so much um the, the metaphors the journeys through nature were an, a, an accident actually they were never intended um I started off trying to describe something literally and I couldn't. So I, I switched over to metaphor. And this is at the very beginning of my writing with this book, which I guess was, yeah, two years ago. And I started to write, okay, no, this is what it's like. Like you're on a, you're on a paved path and it's hot and you can't even see like what's going on around you. You can't see the trees. All you can hear is everyone else. Your feet are aching, your body's aching, you're thirsty, but water isn't helping. And what is it? And, and then the wild just kind of, I just saw this hand of the wild just grabbing this person and pulling them off and then just running into a field of wildflowers and going, what? This has been here the whole time? Like, this is just beautiful. And it's challenging because I have to find my own food and water now. And it's challenging because I don't have, you know, the protection of my conditioning or that kind of thing. So to, to switch from metaphor and then to go into you know, like advice, even though my advice is always to listen to yourself and here's how. <laughs> um, and then into ritual and journal prompts and all of that, that all kind of came by itself. That was never the intention. Well, what ended up happening was every chapter then or every little snippet, every little piece of advice that I wanted to share had to then have a journey because the journeys just kept coming. Oh, I'm going to do one with an eagle. I'm going to do one with a mountain. What about a really big storm? What about a dark valley? What about anger? What about this? And so they all started to really just come together. And then afterwards I thought, I really want to help help the reader, whatever they got, whatever they just got from the story and the idea, which often includes my story, then how can I help them to embody that? How can I help them to really bring that into their lives? So they don't put the book away and go, oh, that was nice. But then um, they kind of forgotten the main key points that their heart was really, their soul was really, really trying to tell them really like big aha moments. And so the, the, that's what the soul prompts are, to write it down, write it down, write it down. And if you don't want to write it down, then draw it. 
keep keep drawing because you're embodying the wisdom that you you just got from yourself, not from me. My the book is just right. Hey, what's going on in your heart? And then the rituals, and there's a lot of rituals I believe towards the end of the book, and they were definitely to okay. Now that you've moved through this process with me, the visioning and the creation, and then let's bring it on into your life. Like I don't want you to finish this book without anything to show for you and your wisdom and your efforts. And so that's where the idea of, okay, let's create rituals that really work for you and that really sing to your purpose. So Kristen, as people develop their own personal rituals, right? Is it something that you're encouraging people to do on a daily basis, do a ritual every day or uh, when you when you feel like you're losing ground, so to speak. Yeah, I think yeah. every day having a little something, like a really small thing that you don't go, oh, I have to do that half an hour ritual again. I don't know, you know, like, oh my God, do I really, every day, I want, I want people to tune into like a two-minute ritual and I'm not trying to water down the spiritual path by saying that. I'm, what I'm trying to say is that a two-minute ritual can change your life sitting with the crystal for two minutes, doing beautiful, soft breathing, and and just imagining that you are full of light, surrounded by loving guidance and protected and anything else that you need to come in, that two minutes will change your day, guaranteed, if you do that every single morning. Or um, a little bit of a saging around your computer before you sit down to work. That, that's 30 seconds. So whatever it is that you feel like, yes, I really want to do that and then do it every day and then see how it feels. If you end up doing it five or six days a week, that's the same thing. You don't push yourself on the days where you're not at home or you can't do it or you're unwell. Then there are the rituals for when you're feeling stuck and then there's seasonal rituals, there's the equinox, there's the solstice, there's any way that you wish to connect with nature and I love it when you're feeling stuck. Nature just really pulls me outside when I'm feeling stuck. And it might be weeding or it might be swimming. It might be actually just giving all of my frustration to a great big rock, which I did a little while ago, and then just feeling the transformation within me because nature can take, it can alchemize, and it can give it back to you as love. And that's pure magic for me. So yeah, so ritual is anything that that calls to to you, and the more you research ritual and and say, oh no, that one and that one, and I'm just going to take those two and I'm going to make them my own, and I'm going to try them every day. And when that ritual is done, you'll know because you won't feel connected to it anymore. It might last three months, it might last twenty three years. You just stick to it until you feel the shift. Yeah, I totally agree. That's been my experience, actually. Of um, you know, I develop. I call it my spiritual practice, but I'll I'll do certain aspects daily, and after a week or a year, I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing that anymore. Why? So what do I want to do now? You know, and and it, that's just because that goes back to what you said earlier that we are always evolving and and shifting and our you mentioned something about past self, future self, all of it coming into uh, your divine purpose, your your soul blueprint. Mm. And when we, so it seems like, well, let's talk a little bit more about the soul blueprint. Um, and you said it 
it's something that we create, co-create before we come in. So is it the if if we have a soul, which I know we do, um, if we are soul, is it the same blueprint every lifetime, or is it individualized per lifetime? How does that work? Okay, and I'll tell I'll tell you what I see like when I see clients and when I see myself, and this has formed a lot from reading Brian Weiss books, Doctor Brian Weiss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm write some incredible books and actually mm-hmm. um is it uh oh last name is newton he also writes um journey of souls and is it john newton anyway someone someone newton he uh i think so i those, know who you're talking about mm-hmm. yeah um those two authors have really shaped how i see um the incarnation process and so to me it's like there's a gathering before you incarnate and there's a gathering of spirit guides and ancestral guides and, you know, really high, high, higher angels, perhaps, I don't know, whoever comes in, whoever's meant to come in and they sit with you as a soul and, which is funny when I use words like sit, isn't it? They they come to you as a soul and they say, okay, so you've chosen this life as Chris Franken and these are the, the fa- this is the family you're going to be born into. This is the kind of life you're going to have. And these are the opportunities, you know, these are the the key moments, which is why we have deja vu because we already see, we've already seen. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And we go, wait, I've done this before. And they might seem really mundane, like just I put my foot up on a rock and what? Like, you know, <laughs> it, that that's a key moment because we don't often see like the big, the wedding day and the day, the births of our children. We see other bits in between. This is just my belief. And so what happens is we say, okay, so you have the, the gift. And I know that the gift that is always in my blueprint is the gift of communication. I've seen it in so many past lives. And maybe it's not every life that it's activated, but there is there are certain gifts that are, have always been within my soul, but they will show themselves differently in each life. Maybe they won't be activated at all in some lives. But then there's a specific like weaving together of light for this particular incarnation. Even if my soul is then, it can split, it can incarnate in um, in another body, in another planet or the same planet. And if you're an advanced soul, you can do this five, six incarnations at the same time, whatever time is. So then what we bring in through this life is, okay, I have a blueprint for what I can do with my life if i follow my heart if i stay true to myself then i can fulfill that blueprint and there's no oh you did good or you did bad and there's no like wow you're fully nailing your blueprint right here or no it really sucks because you're having a hard time a hard time a challenging time is a really um really powerful way to pivot along your path so whether it's a divorce or the death of a loved one or you, you just got fired from an amazing job, life is always pivoting you to the next phase, to the next phase, to the next phase. And there is no better way. There is a higher way. And I believe that the higher way is just when you are living so close to your truth that you feel like, like you say, gossip falls away. It just falls away. You're, just, you're not even interested in it. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to talk about the weather, not all day. So I'm happy right, I right. drain into things that affect me, 
But I'm not even, I can't even hear gossip. I, I will literally just walk away from the person who's talking because I'm just not, I can't, I don't have space for it. Um, so that's that's how I see the blueprint. And it, and it does kind of get activated. So there's this whole idea of, of destiny and free will and both of them are just as powerful as the other. I can make whatever choice I want to make today, but I know that destiny is really holding me. Destiny is taking me where I'm meant to go and I know it's for my highest good. So when, so when we say, um, you know, let go and let God, I hated that as a kid because I grew up in the church and I really was like, what do you mean? Let God, let God, what do you mean? God isn't going to control me. This is so bizarre. But now I get it because God, my God self, right. if I let my God self, my highest self lead me each day, then, and if I can let go of the ego and attachments and stories and judgments and all of that, then I can really flow towards all that is meant for me. So I love that. Thank you for explaining all that. Because um, I know there's people out there that don't even comprehend the the blueprint idea, but also the parallel lives and 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 things like that. And um, so, Wild Hearted Purpose, your book. Um, there's also you talk a, a bit about unmapped because following a blueprint feels like okay then i got no choice i just have to do this and learn this and discover what my gifts are and you know and let it go but if it's unmapped right and that goes back to the beginning of our conversation i think of rewilding rewilding it doesn't you know there there may be an unmapped path that we're to walk down right yeah yeah and that's really cool that you that you put that together i haven't put that together before i guess that's like the blueprint is the inner map and it is not specific to you're going to write this book it's not specific at all it's it's more of you have a gift of communication so i would be as on purpose hosting a podcast doing speaking tours hosting retreats writing books writing a blog um I could even be a ghostwriter or a copywriter for other people, but wherever I'm drawn to work, I mean, and it's not just because I'm a Gemini and it's not just because my ruling planet is Mercury and yada, yada. I love that, but I'm not, that's, that's also not my map. Astrology is not my map. What my parents thought was best for me is not my map. The conditioning of society is definitely not my map. Even what my friends think is great for me is not my map. There is no external map. And I'm really grateful I have a husband who doesn't ever give me a map. He just loves me being me. And that's why I'm still with him because I'm, I'm that, that's the kind of rebel I am. It's like, wait, did you just tell me what to do? Like society, <laughs> did I just read? Like we should be doing, we should be doing what? Okay. Mm-hmm, let me see how I can go the other way. But what I really got was, and I'm actually really grateful for my parents because they didn't, they, they definitely didn't say you should be doing this with your life. They never did. They gave me that kind of freedom. They wanted me to go to university. I, I wanted to go to university. So that was a win-win. I ended up with a degree I didn't expect. I went in to, to study music. I came out with a double major in psychology and sociology. So, you know, but that's again, life pivoting. You know, you just go, that doesn't flow with me. I don't want to study music. That's ridiculous. That's so heavy. I want to be over here talking about people and I want to be writing long essays about people. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that the blueprint is 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 light and it is 
Um, it is pure radiance and it just wants you to be living in love and to be honoring all that you are. And if I wanted to move anywhere in the world right now, I could. That's not going against my blueprint. My blueprint is just being me, fully expressed, um, living according to love and according to my heart's pulse. So, yeah, there is a bit of a destiny thing flowing, but it is, I think, a lot more fluid than we think. Definitely a lot more fluid than I made it out to be before. I'm really glad you brought that up. Oh, I, I just love it. And and I and I say yes to me being fully expressed as me, you being fully expressed as you. I say yes to that. That that in 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 all my many years, Chris, that is really why we're here. And all the other stuff is just mishigash. It's just it doesn't have it really doesn't have any meaning going back to, you know, weaving the container of meaning and, and, and it really doesn't. And when we can get to that place of being fully expressed as me or you being fully expressed as you, there, that is the light, right? That is the love. That is the gift that we bring, especially during this time frame of, uh, you know, of whatever label people want to put on it. It's a, it's a, it's an intense time. But to be us fully without the, any of those um, lockdowns, I'm using that intentionally, <clears throat> without anybody locking us down, if we can be fully me, you can be fully you, that's the whole reason why we're here. Mm -hmm. Not to fit into a box that society says, and you put this thing on your face and, you know, none of that. I, and I said that out loud, everybody. I said it. I said it. That's me being fully expressed. <laughs> oh, I love that. Chris Franken, you, you are your gift. I love, I love having this conversation with you. Thank you for dancing with me wildheartedly. I appreciate it. The book is called Wild Hearted Purpose. Embrace your unique calling. The Unmapped Path of Authenticity. I highly recommend this book. I, I, it, I, and I haven't gotten to the end yet, you guys. So I'm looking forward to working through the rest of it, Chris. Thank you so much for this. And um, if people want to work with you, they go to Chris Franken, K-R-I-S-F-R-A-N-K-E-N.com. And we'll have all that in the show notes. Um, you also have Oracle cards too. So everybody go and look at her website because she's got a bunch of Oracle cards, which I know is another story, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> a whole nother story. Anyway, Chris, thank you so much. Thank you for you being you. Thank you for following your, your soul blueprint and your light because it's just feeding so many glorious experiences that the rest of us get to uh, reap and participate in. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Susan. This has been such a beautiful, inspired conversation. I love being here. Thank you so much for all you do. Oh, you're welcome. So I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey 
You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.